Welcome to the ninth episode of Supergood Juice. Bridge and I are happily back in our comfort zones asking the questions as opposed to answering them. In today's episode, we speak with Chris McMeans, who in her early 30s has what many would describe as a pretty squiggly career. Having fallen under the spell of Lord of the Rings behind-the-scenes footage, Chris was determined to pursue a career in film. Having achieved this and facing the loss of her beloved brother, she packed up her bags and relocated her life from Austin, Texas to Wellington, New Zealand. Landing herself a sponsored job, not as easy as it sounds, Chris kind of fell into the world of technology and nearly six years later hasn't really looked back. We cover a lot in today's episode. Chris talks about doing the things that make you happy, realising that a more traditional nine-to-five work life is a pretty appealing concept, her experiences as an immigrant in New Zealand, finding a pathway in the tech space and a whole heap more. A trigger warning, today's episode mentions mental health and suicide. Links to mental health services have been provided in the show notes below. And with all of that said, let's get into today's episode. Well, Mary Jane, I think that's a really good way to kick off. So you guys haven't seen each other in a while. And I, this is our first time meeting, so I would love to hear your story because you're obviously not from around here. So I'm from Texas. Originally, I'm from, but I like to point out I'm from Austin, Texas. So I'm from the fun, safe, friendly zone of Texas. I moved to New Zealand in 2016. Uh, I moved to Wellington. I knew I wanted to settle down in Wellington and I've been here since then. So it's been a surprisingly long time now. Growing up, I always wanted to work in the film industry. It was all the behind the scenes on Peter Jackson's trilogy that made me be like, oh, that is a, that's an art. I want to figure out how to do that. I don't know in what capacity, but I want to work in the film industry. And so I went to university, got a degree in psychology and marketing, and I, you know, worked really hard to try to get myself on set. And I got a connection and they're like, look, I'll bring you on. You can be a production assistant. You're basically just going to be a grunt worker, a gopher, but it's up to you to work your tail off and get your next job. And that's all it took. You know, you get on set for one thing and you prove yourself. You just, you literally run to get everyone, whatever they need. And then you keep working your way up the chain. So worked that out, worked my way up to being like a production coordinator for a bit. And that was really fun. I really liked starting doing things like line producing. So production coordinator, obviously much like a a project manager, just kind of making everything organized, keeping all the paperwork in order, picking the crew and coordinating with who's coming on for which shoots and things like that. And I knew that I wanted to, I wanted to move to New Zealand when I was like 14 years old. Uh, I actually had an opportunity to come visit New Zealand uh, on a trip in 2014. And that really, really was kind of life-changing for me. I felt very at home in the country. Like it's, I landed and I was like, this, this is where I'm supposed to be living. Like this feels really amazing. Like I, I want to be here. Like I just felt such a wonderful connection with this beautiful country that I knew I wanted to come out. I went to New Zealand in 2014, at the end of 2014, loved it, knew I wanted to move there, applied for a visa. The production company I was working on contract with offered me a permanent position because they heard I wanted to leave the country. And it was like the dream position I wanted. And they knew that that was the only way I would not move is if I got a permanent position at a production company. Mm. And so they offered me one, but they didn't actually have the right role for me. So they kind of made me the assistant to the CEO, who was also the director of like a feature film that we'd done. And he was in charge of making a bunch of creative decisions. So instead of being the line producer that I was hired to be, I ended up being like an executive assistant and I hated it. I was miserable. Mm. My brother told me, 
I've never seen you happier than when you came back from New Zealand and you were so excited that you were starting the process of moving there. Like you took this job, but I've never seen you more miserable. Like you are so unhappy in this job that you keep saying is like your dream position. You know, you need to make the decision of where you're actually going to be happiest. Just because you have a role right now that has the title that you want doesn't mean you're going to be happy with it. I think that's Mm. one of a bit, probably a huge lesson that I learned was you can be offered a position that you think is your dream position and it's not, it, it might not turn out to be what you want it to be. So if you're unhappy, don't be afraid to leave. And it's not giving up on your dreams. It is realizing things about yourself that are going to make you happy and what you actually want and need out of life. So for me, I thought, oh, I have to have this role in film. I have to have this title. I need to do this position and it doesn't matter what happens, but it, you know, on paper, this is going to make me happy. This is what I need. But I was, I've never been so miserable than when I was working there. Um, And it was, I mean, film can be a toxic place. It can be a really lovely place because the people Mm -hmm. are really wonderful, but it can also be really toxic behind the scenes. And it was not a great position for me on so many levels and getting the courage to be willing to genuinely step away from that was huge. Cause I didn't have the guts for that. I was like, no, well, this is really important. And I was planning on resigning and everything. And then I actually left when my brother passed him talking to me about how unhappy I was, I think was a really big point for me because we lived really close to each other in the city and we went out for lunch all the time, but he, he took me out to lunch and it was after a particularly brutal week. And I was just, you know, cause I was crying all the time. I was just I was so unhappy there and it was so twisted because I kept like presenting like, oh, I'm so happy. This is the coolest thing. Look at this cool place I work at. Look at these cool people I work with. Like, look at all this. And my brother was like, you're miserable. He's like, you're basically killing yourself. You're killing the the happiness inside of you Mm. by staying Mm. here. He's like, you looked so happy and you looked so free. And so you, my brother's very like traditional. So he, Mm. I've always been like kind of the black sheep a little bit. So for him to support me wanting to move out of the country was massive because mm. he's like, you've never been happier than when you came back from New Zealand. And I've never seen you more on top of what you're doing with yourself than when you were planning to move there. He's like, you, you found, I think what you need to do. And I don't want you to give up on that no matter what happens. Mm. And I didn't realize it at the time, but he was planning to leave us. And I might get a little emotional. Mm. My brother took his own life a week later. And it was, that was a huge turning point for me. And it shaped my life and realizing, I know this is going to sound so cliche, but yeah, life is short and don't Mm. do things that make you unhappy. And he's like, whatever happens, you need to go to New Zealand. And I thank him every day for actually giving me that speech. Mm. It's like he gave you the gift he couldn't give himself. Yep. Yep. He gave me the freedom to like really go after what is going to make you happy. How old were you at the time, Chris? I was 25. Yeah, I was 25. It was 2015. Seven years ago. Yep. Yep. So I moved to New Zealand only eight months after his death. Oh. So yeah. So I was, uh, I am six and a half years older. So I was 26 at the time. Okay. Your brother's name's Austin, right? Yeah. My brother's name's Austin. And they were going to name me Houston. And then my dad thought that kids would make fun of me and call me like Huey Louie. I'm like, I think that would be a fun nickname. 
So beautiful Austin encourages you to really follow your heart and your happiness. What do you do? And I did. I actually, I applied for a visa to New Zealand in March of 2015. What sort of visa? So I applied for a working holiday visa that's available to people under 30. You can come to New Zealand for Hmm. a year and you can work six or 12 months for a single employer, depending on the you know, the different conditions. Uh, I flew out and I came here, landed and just kind of got myself set up in the world. I landed and that weekend was, that was Cuba Dupa. So it was a really wonderful welcome to Wellington. The day I landed, I got a phone and a phone number. I got my bank account set up. I got a flat. I went and formalized everything at the house I was going to move into. It was a really amazing experience Mm. to be welcomed sort of into a new family so immediately. Mm. A lot of people ask me, you know, before I left, like, oh my God, are you nervous? Are you scared? And I'm like, no, I, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm just doing it. And it's not until, you know, later on that I looked back that I'm like, I packed everything I owned that I wanted to keep into some duffel bags, Mm. got on an airplane with a one-way ticket to a country where I really didn't know anyone. Thankfully, I spoke the language, Mm. though I do have some comments on that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not always that helpful. (laughs) It's, It's the same language, but you know, there's still a learning curve with no plan other than I believe in myself and I'm going to get it done. Mm. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out a way to make it work there. I didn't have any connections to get a job. I didn't have anyone being like, oh yeah, if you come over, I'll give you a job and stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't have any of that. And it's not until later on that I look back and I'm like, oh, that was really crazy. That was really (laughs) insane what I did. Because people are like, what are you going to do for a job? I'm like, oh, I'm going to go there. I'm going to convince someone that I can do whatever they give me. And I'm going to convince someone to give me a visa, hopefully. Mm. And I'm going to work my tail off and I'm going to get it. And here I am, you know, six years later, I'm permanent resident. And I did convince someone to give me a visa. Okay. So you land in Wellington. How long did it take for you to get a job? And what was your first job in New Zealand? Mm. So I took a break initially. I wanted to travel and go tramping and see the country and just Mm. see how things are. I had planned on trying to fight my way into the film industry here. I was like, you know what? I'll go get a job at Weta. I will figure out a way to make it work. Um, I've got the moxie. I can figure it out. But during like the six month break that I took where I was just traveling, I was just enjoying my time making friends. I realized I could have a life. And I didn't Mm. consider that before because in the film industry, you work. 14 to 16, 18 hour days, you know, you don't have any breaks. I didn't, I didn't have a personal life in Texas. Mm. So then I decided to try to get a normal job instead of going (laughs) to fight my way into the film industry. I'm like, I'm going to try to get a normal nine to five. No idea what I'm doing, but I'm sure I can figure it out. That is kind of my general tagline for life is I'll figure it out. Do I know what I'm doing? Not entirely, but I'll figure it out. Um, So I started applying for jobs. It probably took like six weeks. My visa situation was a big hangup. So, because I started Mm. applying for things that I would qualify for. I was trying to find something that would help me with a visa. So then I went to like the immigration website and looked at accredited employers that could sponsor people and then compared that to a list of job openings. And there were really only two that I was genuinely interested in. Mm. One of them I applied. I don't really know what happened there. 
And then I got a call from this other company. They scheduled the interview with me. I went to the library, set up shop, and I wrote eight pages of notes around this company. I just Mm. researched the company. I researched the people. I researched what they do. I was so overprepared for that interview. I ended up getting that job. Thank goodness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So those notes, those notes were were fantastic. Worth it. (laughs) Very worth it. So that ended up being Devante. First interview I had, like it went, it went pretty well. But it, it just wasn't, I feel like they were a little bit hesitant. At the time, my conditions were I could work for a single employer for six months. So that's why I traveled around for six and then used the last six to mm. work and stuff. So I had that interview. And then a day or, you know, a few days later, they wanted me to come back and meet with the office coordinator at the time. And she's like, you know what? You need to meet the director because he's the one who's going to end up making a decision on this. I was really open about my wanting a visa. But the big one was with me meeting with the Wellington-based director, Matt. And I remember meeting with him. And that was the conversation that really changed everything in New Zealand for me. And he's like, so, so talk to me about what, what, tell me what's your story. And I was like, look, I've moved here. I can do absolutely anything you put in front of me. I know my experience looks really wonky. I know it says I've done all this film industry stuff, but I'm a very organized individual I have my very hard worker, I can do attitude, whatever you put in front of me, I can do it. I just really would love it if you could give me a chance. And, you know, we, we talked about it and it was really great. And he's like, look, I'll give you a six month fixed term contract. He's like, if you mm-hmm. prove yourself in that period of time, we will sponsor your visa. Three months later, he comes to me. He's like, yeah, just start that application now. That is, uh, oh, you're good. good. Like yeah. you're good. How did that feel? Oh, that felt amazing. I was shaking. But just the entire time, just, oh my God, oh my God. And it was really lovely because it's actually sort of come full circle a bit that Matt has now stepped down as a director of that company. And, you know, six years later, and he just had sort of a farewell event a couple of weeks ago. And I got to go to that and I got to tell him, I'm like, Matt, I know I've told you so many times, but now that you're stepping away, I want to say thank you again, because without you, I wouldn't have a life here. You know, without you, I wouldn't have met my partner. I wouldn't have my life here in New Zealand. I wouldn't have had the career I have now. He's like, look, I know we gave you a shot, but everything that you have now, you have earned. He's like, you worked Mm -hmm. your tail off for everything you've achieved here. And I was just like, oh, so nice. (laughs) Because, you know, I still think like, oh, they gave me my life. And he's like, no, we gave you a chance to earn it. And Mm -hmm. I think what was really, really cool, because now my career is completely different. And what I'm doing now. And it was, I wouldn't have even considered doing something like this without the chance to do it here in New Zealand. Yeah, that's amazing. And that was, that was really great. I I do think it's something that we take a little bit for granted in New Zealand. You don't necessarily have to get stuck in one certain job. You're not confined to, yeah, you're not confined to one pathway or whatever. Definitely. And being American, it's so interesting because in America, that's not a thing. You know, we are not expected to take a gap year between high school and university. We are expected to graduate at high school and immediately Mm. go to university and immediately Mm. declare a major. Like you have to declare a major within your first two years. You know, we're expected to make these decisions right off the bat. And the idea of like, oh, if you change your career and you have all these different things on your, on your resume or CV, in America, it, it's not looked at as a positive like it is here in New Zealand. But in America, it's like this person can't make up their mind. They mm. can't sit still, you know. 
So it very, very nice to be here in New Zealand. I ended up staying at that company for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good stint. Yeah, it was a good stint. What Matt said to me um, when I spoke to him at the event, he's like, I'm just really sorry that you outgrew that position um, mm. so quickly because we just couldn't challenge you enough because you're capable of handling more. And that's really something that happens. I did outgrow that position relatively quickly and I did start taking on work in other departments. So you were at Devante for three and a half years. What was your next step? So while I was, I was at Devante for three years and I really wanted to take on more work and I really wanted to, to transition into the consulting space. Unfortunately, that kept being uh, denied and again and again. And it was really unfortunate that I ended up having to leave to try to find a bigger role, but that is, that is what ended up happening and why I ended up leaving. Um, and it was really interesting that I was flying up to Auckland to go work on the grad recruitment for the Auckland office and run our assessment day and everything. And once I stepped off the plane, I like smacked right into, like almost walked into him, uh, one of the senior managers that used to work at that company. And he's like, oh, there's this really great role opening that's about to open up where I am. And we're going to start like recruiting for it next week. But I actually think you'd be pretty perfect for it. That day I had a meeting with my boss to be like, okay, I'd like to take on more responsibilities. Basically she said no. And it wasn't a great conversation. And I was pretty upset because at this point, you know, I had my, my work visa for a few years and then I had obtained residency. So for me, this was the time where like, cool, they no longer have my visa. Like I'm an independent person. I'm not tied to this company. Now is the time where they're going to give me more responsibility. Now they're going to work with me on my role. So I walked out of that meeting, very upset. And I immediately emailed the guy from my phone. I was like, I'd love to see that job description. I got the job description. It was really great. Started the interview process. I had like two or three interviews with them and they're like, yeah, okay, you got the job. We want you. We're going to send the paperwork over. I'm like, fantastic. I accept. I'm verbally accepting the role. Now, because of the timing of everything, this was actually exactly like five weeks before I was flying to visit my family in Texas. Hmm. And I knew that if I was going to resign, I had to do it like right then. And so I sent in my resignation and I sent my resignation to my boss up in Auckland with a sorry for your loss card. And I wrote, it's me. (laughs) Thanks for three years. Cheers, Chris. (laughs) So I've resigned and I have to serve the four week notice and I reach out and the guy I was in contact with was like so excited. I was joining the whole team was super excited. They like invited me to go to lunch and stuff, on, but the schedule never worked out. Hmm. And then, and the paperwork never came in and they're like, oh no, sorry. We're, um, we're actually going to change the title of it. I'm like, okay, cool. No worries. I'm like, and then I started getting nervous. Like, mm, Hey guys, where's the paperwork? My last day at the company I was working at, I get a call that morning. It's the guy who made me the offer. He's like, Hey, so listen, um, there's been like a new senior guy that's come in and he wants to change this role. So we're not sure if we're going to be able to hire you for this, but you still have a job. And I'm like, it has been five weeks and I have resigned from my other job. You know, I resigned from my other job because you did my reference checks and everything else. I leave the company. I go visit my family. It wasn't sorted yet. So I extended my stay and uh, I was getting emails. I got a call from that company's HR while I was over there with like a formal, like their second or third formal apology of like, I'm really sorry that this screwed up. Someone greenlit a role without the proper approval. It was just a mess. That would have been quite stressful as well. 
oh, that was very stressful, very stressful, Mm -hmm. leaving a job that I had for three years. And I was taking a role that was, you know, bigger than what I had done before. And it was probably a, it was like a 25 K jump in salary, you know, and everything Mm -hmm. from what I was doing. And I'm like, okay, cool. This will be, it's, I'm really excited about this job. This is going to be great. Uh, get back to New Zealand. And then a couple of weeks go by and I kept getting brushed off by that senior person who had been hired, who was going to change the role. And he finally sent me an email early December. And he's like, Hey, Chris, I would love to chat with you in the new year. Cause people, you know, people rave about you and everything. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you offered me a job in September. And it was now the first week of December. I screenshot the email and scratched out the names. And I sent it to a chat I'm in with two of my professional friends. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Look at this guy. This email is absolutely ridiculous. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? My friend who I had worked with previously is like, wait a minute. Does this mean you're available? I'm like, yeah, yeah. It looks like I am. Why? She's like, I need you. And I'm like, on what? She's like, I need a business analyst. I need mm-hmm. someone who can just get shit done. And I'm like, just send me the job description. She sent me the job description. I was like, I really don't want to do this. Like, this doesn't sound like me. This doesn't sound like something I'd want to do. And she's like, just ignore the job description. The work you're actually going to be doing is exactly what you do. You're going to be perfect for it. Just trust me on this. Just come for the interview. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. I'll come for the interview. I didn't prepare for it. Five minutes in, I'm like, oh my God, I want this. I want this so yeah. badly. I'm like, that sounds like so much fun. They're like, look, well, you know, your friend says that you're really capable and that you'd be perfect for this. So we're really trusting you. So I wasn't able to start in December, but I started in January. I've been there two and a half years. I love what I do at Doc. Awesome. I'm now a business analyst. And then this ended up being a 20K salary jump from mm. the other job offer. So I ah. jumped. Yeah. So I jumped up actually quite a bit. Now I'm so happy that this other role didn't work out. Like it really tore me up. But I wouldn't have had the opportunity to join this organization mm. if it wasn't for that. So it's mm. it's when something feels right, you got to trust your gut and go with it because I knew in my heart it was the time to leave. Did you hear from your ex-colleague at the other business? Yeah, what happened? He feels mm. awful. He's like, I feel like I owe you. I'm like, hey, look, don't feel bad because things actually worked out so much better mm. without that conversation without that offer, I probably would have gone because, because my CV says, oh, I was an office manager. That's not the work I was doing, but that's what my Mm. title was. And so much of the time with hiring, people just pay attention to your title. Correct. Correct. So obviously on LinkedIn, when you're applying for places, Mm. like if they just read office manager, they're not going to pay attention to the work I was doing. So one of the things my friend did, um, she's a graphic person. She helped me rewrite my CV in a way where Mm. it said office manager, but you weren't distracted by it. So now it looks like I've made a huge jump when in reality, the work I'm doing isn't terribly different. It's one of those little traps people get stuck in, not really being able to take a step back and go, oh, actually I do all of this stuff. Now I just Mm -hmm. need to make sure that the way I present myself from a CV perspective and my cover letter, that's where your cover letter becomes really important mm. and selling those other parts or responsibilities of my job uh, or my jobs to date to ensure that the requirements of the new jobs I'm applying for are met. So you yeah. can actually do, you can ask your previous employer, Hey, do you mind if I make my job title more reflective of what I was doing mm. um, for LinkedIn and also my CV I'll still have office manager, but I'll add in 
additional pieces. That's what mm. I did with my work at HS2. I was like, mm, that doesn't really encompass what it was. And my previous manager was like, no, no, you're absolutely right. Let's just <laughs> change this up so it looks more reflective. So just to ask the question, mind if I change this retrospectively? Great tip. Hey, um, Chris, the feeling of getting that residency in your hot little hands, describe that feeling for me. Oh, I <laughs> felt, oh, oh, in my hot little hands. It's like when you get the one ring in Lord of the Rings and it's like, oh, my precious. I got it. I had it. I had it. And like no one could take free. it away from me. I felt so incredibly free. Because I knew yes. like I'm no longer answer to anyone else. No one else yes. is holding my leash, basically. If I lost my job, I wouldn't yeah. be deported. Because I was basically facing the risk of deportation if I lost my yeah. job mm. at any point in time in the two years that I had it. I came over in 2016. I got my work visa in 2017. I got a residency in 2019. That 2017 to 2019, the full two years that that was, I had to make sure that everyone was happy with me. And at the time, I didn't realize how stressed out I was having yeah. that over my head. And all of a sudden, because there was a big shift from the moment I got my residency, the amount that I relaxed and mm-hmm. I got more pushy with the changes in the mm. role that I wanted. Yeah, it was it was a pretty powerful moment for me knowing that I had control of my life. For me, it was... It was a very interesting experience because I'm so grateful that I have that visa. But at the same time, there were a lot of negative things that came out of my work experience Mm. that harmed me and how I look at my work in the future. It limited me in a way in what I thought I was capable of doing. Mm. And I've been spending the last, you know, two or three years now overcoming that. So you're doing the job you love. And you've had even more development career-wise in the last couple of years. You've kind of mentioned certification. What certification are you talking about? Mm. So this was really cool. I'm talking about the Amazon Web Services technical certifications that they have. A number of us signed up for it. But the one that was run, 500 women across New Zealand signed up for it. 274-ish made it through the courses and education. So far, only about 10 of us have passed the certification exam. Really? It is hard. hard. It's It's a lot of work. It's so hard. hard. It was very hard. It was a lot of work. Kudos to you. I made a joke that, oh, well, when I get my solution architect one, maybe I'll print that out and put it up in the office. But that is the direction I'm looking at now. Hmm. Shall we start wrapping up, Bridge? Rapid fire? Absolutely. What is your most memorable career moment? So technical world, I will say getting the Amazon Web Services Mm -hmm. cloud practitioner certification feels really big. And I feel like that's going to change a lot of things because it's now changed how I think about things. In the film industry, being told on one of the first couple of sets that I've been in, I have never seen someone so small work so hard in my life. (laughs) Hearing that from people who've been working on set for like, 20, 30 years felt really awesome. Cool. Okay. Next quick fire question. Any regrets or regrets? I don't want to say regrets, but how everything has gone has turned out for the best. Like if I could go back and redo things, obviously I'd go and like maybe study different things in university or I would get involved in tech a little earlier on. 
but I am happy with how my life has gone and I'm happy with how my career has gone. Great. Awesome. And what do you do to create space from work? I'm not the best (laughs) at switching off from work. I use the gym to switch off from Mm -hmm. work. I usually use it to start the day, but if I can, I'll go again at the end of the day or something because it clears my head. It's a little bit of meditation for me. It makes me feel better about the day and it makes me feel comfortable walking away at the end of the day. Cool. All right. Do you have any essential reading, watching or listening recommendations? Oh, I wish I had recommendations. I would say listen to Super Good Juice. It's a fantastic podcast. about women Great taste. Um, no, but I have thoughts. Does that count? Yeah. I would say trust in yourself more than you think. Don't hold yourself back because of a title or position you think you have. Men will apply for jobs if they have one out of the 10 qualifications. Women will only apply for a job if they have 10 out of the 10 qualifications. Go out there, apply for things, adventure for things, because you don't know what you're capable of until you try. And I know that sounds like a bumper sticker, but you really don't. I'm in last one. Have you got a favorite hype song or activity? I mean, for me, I lift weights. So I like heavy lifting and that makes me feel really great. I hate to say this, so I do CrossFit and I know that it's real lame, but it's exciting. So for me, I feel really great when I'm over there and I'm squatting a hundred plus kilos at like, you know, six in the morning just for fun. That's a great hype activity. Squat a hundred kg, hype yourself up. But I think Megan the Stallion is always quite nice for um oh, really? I think Megan's piano is one of my it's a shorter track, but it's really fantastic. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so glad to hear that you have found a career path that challenges you and fulfills you in a way that maybe you didn't expect. Um, I'm also super stoked that you've found an organization that makes you feel valued and safe and is committed to your development. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the next few years pan out for you from a technical perspective. Next time I see you, maybe you'll be a solution architect and that would be amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you all so much for having me on. This was really, really exciting and really enjoyed the chats and conversations. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We have popped a link to Chris's LinkedIn in the show notes if you'd like to connect with her. If you'd like to get in touch or involved with Super Good Juice, we'd love to hear from you. All the ways you can reach us are also in the show notes below. And if you haven't already rated or reviewed the pod, please help us out by doing so wherever you listen to our pod. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify or uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others to find us and we appreciate it very much. Super Good Juice is a Popper Pod on production. This episode was produced by Bridget Ashby and me, Mary Jane Mueller. Editing and sound design is also by me. The music you hear in this podcast is sourced through Upbeat, the artist is Tatami, and the track is called In Motion. See you next time. <laughs>